When you're doing two million, I can get you to nine tomorrow. You're doing 12 million, I can get you to 50 fast. The very first elevator night was above of my retail store in downtown San Diego, next to Petco Park. And I think this is what separates you from so many entrepreneurs and so many influencers. Well, my life has been built from Today on the show, we have an individual who's known for being the youngest founder of a publicly traded company. He licensed his apparel business for $9.5 million at the age of 19. He scaled an energy drink brand to over 55,000 retail stores. He has thrown over 51 elevator nights. He co-founded the 100 million mastermind experience. He has spoken at over 250 business events. Angel invested in 43 companies, and his agency, Elevator Studio, has spent over $60 million with social media influencers for fashion brands, film studios, mobile apps, consumer products, and more. He's the host of the Money Mondays podcast, which is consistently rated the number one entrepreneurial show on Apple iTunes charts. And now he is building the first national chain store in the sports card industry with over 10 locations and growing. Despite all of his successes, his main passion is charity, where he not only creates backpacks for the homeless, he also does toy drives and has even awarded the Humanitarian of the Year alongside people like Drew Brees and Michael Phelps. He's an investor in Everbull, a good friend. Please welcome to the show my very good friend, Dan Fleischman. Welcome to the show, Dan. I'm so ready. Let's go. <laughs> I mean, I am so excited to have you here as one of my absolute favorite human beings, entrepreneurial superstar. Wow. Um, most of you already know Dan, but I want to get into more relevant things because I think one of the coolest things that just happened was the Humanitarian of the Year Award yeah. at the Harold and Carol Pump Foundation alongside fellow good friend Drew Brees, Amazing Fish, Michael Phelps, <laughs> and a whole bunch of other superstars. And you were not only nominated, but received the Humanitarian of the Year Award. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Uh, so I'm not an athlete, just to clear it up. I not I don't have 28 gold medals like Michael Phelps or won a Super Bowl like Drew Brees. But yet, yet. I did break the Guinness Book World Records for the world's largest toy drive. And so I'm guessing that's what got me in. I've been doing that toy drive for nine years. This year we're doing our 10th year, and we're doing 10 cities in 15 days, somehow. Uh, <laughs> But I've been doing charity my whole life. But the last decade in particular, I have Model Citizen Fund. I make backpacks for the homeless with 150 emergency supply items inside. We do the Trina's Kids Foundation. We do a back to school drive, report card day drive, Thanksgiving food drive, and then obviously the toy drive, always at Hubble Studio in downtown LA. And so I just always integrated charity into my world and into my life. And I think that's probably how it happened, this whole humanitarian award thing, is that my goal has never been to get a pat on the back or raise money for my charities. Is for people to replicate my charities, whichever one they like, make it better, different, change it however they want. But I want to show them that charity can be easy. Well, I think what's so cool is uh, Model Citizen Fund is actually how we really built our relationship back in 2018, yeah. 19. Um, I learned about it and was fascinated. And I just love the fact that day one, that was the first thing you said is, this is my charity, this is what I'm doing, but it's not to build my charity. It's actually how can I replicate this all across the country. And that is so infectious. It makes me and others want to be a part of it. And I think that has driven to help create these incredible charities that you that you spawn and why so many people get involved and why you deserve the Humanitarian of the Year Award. So congratulations. Charity can be easy. People make it feel very difficult and people also make it feel overwhelming. Like 
You've got to donate five grand, 10 grand, a million dollars. Just put in your time, energy, your social media, invite people over to a venue, help the kids, help the homeless, help senior citizens. Like just go do stuff. It doesn't have to be about money. And so often people just think about charity as like a dollar figure when yes, for cancer and AIDS and those type of things, of course they need zillions of dollars for those type of things. But feeding the homeless, you can go there and feed them. You can make Ziploc bags of sandwiches. Giving toys to kids, you don't have to go get all fancy like race cars. Go give them like just toys that you can afford to give them. Go in and spending time at a senior citizen home or like a teen abuse shelter, an orphanage. Like just spend time. Like you can spend your time, energy, social media power and do a lot of charity. But your charity doesn't just end at what we think is traditional charity. And I think this is what separates you from so many entrepreneurs and so many influencers. You're charitable with your connections. You are always figuring out how can I help so-and-so's company or make the right introduction to someone else without ever asking what's in it for me. And you are the one of the super connectors, if you will, and that's a charitable aspect of you that I don't think gets enough attention. So it's kind of like the concept of like, I can give someone a fish or teach them how to fish. If I say, hey, Jeff, meet this person, that person puts $5 million into Everbowl, and then you go hire 400 people, I helped you fish, right? And helped you teach you how to fish. I didn't donate to 400 people, but the butterfly effect of this guy puts $5 million here. You go hire 400 employees. Those people now spend money in their local communities. They become managers of stores. They end up owning stores. They, uh, they hire more people. And the butterfly effect of like this one text message, what did that really take me? Mm-hmm. It was a group chat, right? And I just think about that. If I do that every day, I introduce this person to this person, they go do a deal and they go do a deal and they go start an event and they go start this and they go start that. The butterfly effect is all these people start getting jobs, investments, all these things that can happen just from a group chat. And I'll be honest, you do this literally every day. I mean, this morning I received two texts from you on two different group chats for two different things. That is brand new opportunities. So you do this and it compounds and it compounds and it compounds. And because you don't worry about what's in it for you, the byproduct of it is my relationship with these two new people that you set me up with today, we know where it came from. And now we're always thinking about you and how do we give back? And they're so thankful and grateful. So while you are so giving in that, it does pay itself probably 10x back. And this is something that a lot of people can start to understand that if you don't have all the resources, who do you know that can help somebody is the easiest way to start building a relationship. Yes. Sometimes you can do it for commerce. So I don't want to make it seem like I couldn't say, hey, Jeff, meet this person. And I tell this person, hey, can I have 10% if Jeff spends $1 million? Can I have 5% or 10%? Nothing wrong with that. I'm out there doing that all the time because I don't need that part of my life anymore. But Dan, 11 years ago, I'd be like, hey, can I get 5% here and 5% there? Nothing wrong with making commerce. Same way a real estate commission or a car commission or selling jewelry or selling anything. Nothing wrong with like making introductions for commission if you say in advance. Very important, guys. Don't introduce Jeff to this person. That person then spends a million dollars and then asks Jeff three months later, like, hey, you owe me 50 grand or 100 grand. That's not going to go over well. But you tell Jeff in advance or the other person in advance, hey, I would like 5% or 3% or 10% or whatever the deal is. Of course they wouldn't do it because they want to work with Jeff and the other person wants, right? And so introductions, there's nothing wrong with the commerce part. I just want to be clear. However, there's plenty of time you can do it just to plant a seed and have build relationships unless there's an exact cause and effect. Meaning, Jeff, spend $1 million with this person. Hey, person, give me 5%. That is a clear-cut transaction. If I say, hey, Jeff, meet this person, Nine months later, he spends a million dollars with them. It's not really going to be a way for me to ask for a commission. So just keep that in mind so you never like resent someone or think there's something awkward. Or Just keep that in mind when you're doing these inter- introductions that there's a lot of deal flow that can happen that sometimes it's for commerce. Sometimes it's a plan a seed for the future. So we met 
at an elevator night that you put on, and I think you've put on over 54 now, mm-hmm. if my math is right. Yeah. Uh, I think Roger told me this before. And I came to an elevator night to meet you, and from that elevator night, you said something there, and I'm a big believer, those who know me, relationship capital, it's everything, who you know, make friends. And someone asked you a question, and it was the greatest answer I've ever heard to the question of if you were stripped of all of your fame and all of your money and all of your resources and were put into the middle of a city that you knew nobody, what's the first thing you'd do? And I'm sure you remember the answer, so I'm going to let you say it again. So I would essentially go find, well, I'm going to choose a niche, whether it's cars, real estate. Let's just choose cars. I'm going to throw a luxury car event. I don't have a car. I don't have a phone. I don't have anything because I just got dropped off in a random city or country. And I'm going to go find the local car dealership. And I'm going to say, hey, guess what? Next Sunday, I'm throwing this really cool car event. I would love for you to be there. And they're like, yeah, of course I'll be there. Then I go to the building over here. I'm like, hey, guess what, guys? The guy from the Ferrari dealership, him and his friends are coming. His clients are coming. You should come next Sunday to my... This is going to be amazing. Get them all excited. And then I go to the next place. And I just like walking around the city with no money, no phone, no nothing. And I'm finding and asking for relationships and connections. And I'll go back to the car dealership the next day. Like, hey, by the way, guys... If you have any really good clients to bring over, let me know or if you can introduce me to them. And I go do the same thing. And all of a sudden, over the next five days, I'm getting introduced to the most high-end people in the world that are buying Ferraris and Lamborghinis and Rolls Royces. I don't have a car. (laughs) I don't have a phone. I have nothing, right? The same thing could apply to real estate. Hey, I'm throwing a real estate event two two weeks from now. Can you introduce me to some of your higher-end clients? I want to make sure they're going to get front row. Front row what? I mean, (laughs) right? It's, It's booking a venue. It's making the introductions. It's asking for relationships and favors. And all of a sudden, I'm integrated into the real estate market or the car market in a city in like a two-week period with no phone, no nothing, just going around and setting myself up an event to network with people in that city. What taught you to do that? Well, my life has been built from relationships. And so I've been throwing elevator nights for so many years, and I've been throwing these charity events for so many years that the people that I meet are mostly from my events or other people's events. And so when someone asks, what would you do? Well, I would naturally throw an event because I know that's how I can meet people in fast forward. And charity events give me an excuse to call anybody I want. I can call Oprah and invite her to a charity event. If I call Oprah and invite her to a business event, nobody's answering, right? If I call her like, hey, you want to come speak at the mastermind? Yeah, for a million dollars. If I say, hey, I'm throwing the world's largest toy drive. (laughs) She's like, where's the address, right? Because charity. And so... Oftentimes, I've been able to meet so many interesting characters through charity-related things. And I'm not doing it for the business part of it. I'm doing it because I want those legends to be part of the charity events because it makes the charity bigger. But something had to teach you this skill. That you had, there was an epiphany moment in your life because obviously, as most of you know, and if you don't, youngest CEO of a publicly traded company, who's your daddy energy drinks, that didn't get spawned off of relationships. That was just gritty, hustle, guerrilla marketing something triggered to make you realize that, aha, that if I cultivate these relationships, if I create these environments to attract these incredible humans to the same thing, A, the butterfly effect, but B, I'm going to start to become friends with them. I'm going to start to be able to do business with them. Was there some catalyst that happened? The very first elevator night was above my retail store in downtown San Diego next to Petco Park. I, my goal was 40 people. I invited 40 people. 165 showed up. But here's the kicker. The people were asking me a favor. Hey, can I bring this football player? Hey, can I bring these three supermodels? Hey, can I bring the guy that owns all the buildings and high-rises in downtown? Hey, this guy owns Starkist Tuna. He's a billionaire. Can I bring him? (laughs) 
I've never thrown, this is my first elevator night, it's upstairs of a freaking jewelry store, right? I had to like break the wall down basically to like make it so that 165 people could fit in there. And the people that they relayed and asked favors for is, can I bring this superstar? Can I bring this business person? Hey, this lady owns XYZ. Like they were asking me a favor if they could bring them over to my event. That's going to be a three hour event upstairs of a clothing store or jewelry store. And that's so important because the ability to cultivate relationships and create these environments where, where deals can happen and people can meet makes you synonymous with all of those relationships. Exactly. I, I mean, we've been friends. You're an investor. You own Everbulls. You're someone I've looked up to for years. I can't count anymore how many incredible humans you've introduced me to that I have now gone off and other things have happened right. from that true butterfly effect. But you are the common denominator. And I think that's true for so many of our friends and that just makes that many more people look at you as this magnet, this individual that we want Dan around because Dan does so good for so many people. And so if you're listening to this and you're, you're trying to figure out how can you replicate that, do exactly what he's saying. Group chats. Group chats. <laughs> set up these, he calls them elevator nights, but set up these events, these meetings of like-minded individuals where together good things can happen. And don't always worry about what's in it for you first. That also had to take something because, as you said, Dan, 11 years ago, you were more focused on how do I monetize and create commerce from this yeah. as you needed to. Yes, obviously, you've made millions of dollars since then, so it becomes less less important. But if you were spawned off into a new city and you had to start over, sometimes it does feel icky to say, hey, I want a piece of this deal. It feels much more transactional. Yeah, perfectly fine. Let it feel icky. Let At least the icky will pay your bills. Okay. The, when you're making these introductions, if it's like, Hey, luxury car dealer, I just met these three guys and one of them's looking for a Maserati. Can you help him buy a Maserati? He's like, yeah, of course I can. If he buys a Maserati for 150 grand, can I have 1500 bucks or three grand or four grand? Of course they'll give it to me. True. When I'm introducing them for commerce, there's nothing wrong, nothing wrong with it because I'm literally introducing them for commerce. They're going to do business together and there's going to be financial transaction on both sides. And I'm not asking for something egregious. I'm not like, hey, can you give me 50 grand? Like I'm asking for three to 10% depending on whatever the type of deal is. That can add up to a lot, like a lot. And you can do it in different categories and niches too. And so oftentimes, like if someone says, hey, can I bring business to your social media agency? Sure, I'll pay you 10%. Can I bring you a mastermind member? Sure, I'll pay you 10%. You're bringing me commerce. You're bringing someone to spend 25K or 100K or 50K. Why wouldn't I happily give you 2,500 bucks, five grand, 10 grand a commission? Yeah, no, it makes sense. I just think that there's an icky factor to your point that prevents people from doing it. Yes. Let it feel icky. Let it feel icky. It'll pay your rent. And it's amazing when you have that extra cash, now you want to do it more. It's addicting. For sure, it's addicting. Yes. So, I mean, I don't know how many companies that you are involved with and have started. 43. I mean, it's got to be more than that. Well, I'm an angel investor in 43. The Elevator Rolling Fund did eight investments. Elevator Syndicate did nine investments. I'm an investor in all of those. So theoretically, I actually, 17 plus 43 is 60. Um, but I just count 43 as my personal. So we'll say 43. Yeah. Plus 17. Plus 17. 60. <laughs> of those 60, how do, you, how do you determine which ones you're going to get involved with? Because I can't, um, I mean, I get deal flow sent my way and I don't do elevator nights. I can't imagine how many opportunities are thrown at you with people pitching you, asking you to get involved. Yeah. It's almost a full-time job to decipher. What are your criteria that Dan Fleischman gets involved or doesn't? Okay. So I get sent between 200 and 400 decks or requests to invest every single month. And every time my initial response is, Sure, send me a business plan. Right away, two to 400 goes down to like zero to 20, okay? 
When they send me the business plan, I can now narrow down, great, send me the financials, the investor documents, and I'll look at it. <coughs> now it's down to like zero to five. Okay, so I've already narrowed down the two to 400 to like zero to five. Next thing, do I like the person that's running it, right? That's why I use you as, when I talk about at speeches, I bring you up all the time as my favorite investment of all time and my favorite founder. I have to like the person. I want to be able to like go to dinner with them, go to lunch with them. I have to trust them that at two in the morning something happens at a convention. They're going to show up to fix the booth. They're not going to wait till the next morning. Like I have to trust them, right? Like I trust Jeff Fencer is going to show up at two in the morning, ready to go, right? Ready, <laughs> let's go. Um, so the first thing is the founder, okay? So once I've narrowed down to the, the, the deals, the founder. Second is, does anybody care? Like, is this a business that people care about? You can tell people care because they vote with their wallets. So does this business already have 200K in sales or 500K in sales or a million dollars in sales? Well, people care. If it has zero dollars in sales, I have to gamble and hope and wonder that people are actually gonna spend money on this thing. The next thing is, the third thing is really like, how big can this thing get? And I don't need it to be a grand slam. I like base hits, I like normal things. I like some investments that are, are small returns, some are medium returns, some are big returns, some are my shot at glory, right? And so I just need to understand it so I can make a decision because I'm not going to put a million dollars into one that's like a shot at glory because that's a big gamble. I'll put 50K or 25K or 100K. But one that's like super safe and like I know is going to work for the most part or it's almost guaranteed, I'll put 200K or 500K or a million because it's pretty safe, but it's not going to be a grand slam. And so once I find the founder and I make sure I like them, now I like the company and make sure that people care, people are going to pay for it. Is the market there? The last thing is like, do I want to be in this thing for the next three to seven years? Because there's not going to be a financial exit or a public acquisition or a public offering or merger or anything's really going to happen for three to seven years if it works out. So am I going to want to talk to that founder for years? Am I going to want to be involved in this business for years? And all those things, so now out of these hundreds and hundreds of pitches I get and business plans, I probably do one or two deals a month if you really break it down. And so it's not like I'm out there just making it rain, investing all the time, I want to. I would love to do 12 deals this month. I physically can't if I don't have all these requirements. And I'm assuming majority don't meet all those criteria. Very few. Which is a good model, but knowing that you have these opportunities, knowing that there's these businesses, sometimes do you take on a company pre-revenue, even though it hasn't shown with the wallet yet, because you believe in it or you can use your sphere of influence to... I will gamble personally, that is a gamble. I would not let, I would not text Jeff. Jeff's never going to text, hey, I'm investing 200K in this business. Will you invest? Even though I know Jeff can handle it, Jeff's willing to gamble, et cetera, I don't want to risk my personal relationship with Jeff for him to gamble on this 200K with me. Now, that company goes on to do 500K, a million bucks, two million bucks in sales. I promise you I'm going to text <laughs> Jeff like, hey, you should put some money into this thing because now they've got, people care. People like this thing. So I will gamble on something that's a startup company I don't do those as much anymore. I'm really looking for companies doing two to 20 million in sales because I want to skip the first two years. I'm just really busy. I have a lot of things going on. And so I'm only going to do one that's like a, a pure startup or an idea in a rare situation if it's like Jeff's got a 19 year old that he loves and like there's something about it like I have to do it like emotionally, I'll do it. But I'm not going to do a startup anymore for the most part because I'm much more useful later. When you're doing two million, I can get you to nine tomorrow, right? You're doing 12 million, pff, I can get you to 50 fast. If you're doing zero, zero to one million is really hard. As an entrepreneur, I know how meaningful it is to invest in the people and causes that are close to me. And on GoFundMe, it's easy, safe, and powerful to do just that. Whether you're supporting a family member, 
friend, local business, or charity. And whenever you make a donation, you're protected by the GoFundMe giving guarantee. Visit GoFundMe.com today to help make a positive difference in your community. Hey, fitness fans, ready to crush your fitness goals? Make your move to EOS Fitness, where becoming a member starts at just $9.99 a month. Gyms are open 24-7 and packed with the latest gym equipment to keep your workouts fresh. What are you waiting for? Give them a call, drop by, or hit up jefffenster.com forward slash EOS to join. EOS Fitness, better gym, better price. Now, let's get after those goals. Really hard. 10 million to 25, not hard at all. Which I think makes a lot of sense, especially because you're at the stage now where you can use your relationship capital and all of your know-how to make that jump. So if you're sitting here watching this and you're less than a million in revenue, what would you advise them? So if I came to you with a deal, you can't invest because as you said, you're too busy, but you want to help me. What would be the two, three, one, five things you would say, this is what you need to do to get this company and then give me a call? The most important one is a famous quote from Mark Cuban. Sales cures all. Go sell more. Like dedicate a few hours a day that you and your staff, volunteers, sales reps, commission-based, affiliates, anybody, sell every day, even if it's just for a couple hours. If you do that, and you do that every day, and you think about you do that three or 400 times in a year for one to three hours a day, you spend 1,000 hours a year selling, you're going to sell a lot, right? And if after the first month or two you're not selling, something's wrong. Something's wrong with the business. Yes. Change it. Make it higher, lower, more expensive. Change the quality. Something has to be changed. You will learn so much from more sales. And if you have more sales, sales builds momentum. You get more sales, the press likes it, your staff likes it, your vendors like it, your affiliates like it, the retailers like it, your clients like it. Everybody likes it when you have more sales, so sell more. Like, please, just sell more. Not enough companies, not enough entrepreneurs, not enough CEOs and founders spend X amount of hours per day just selling. Whether it's them or a sales rep or someone in the company, just sell more. If you sell more, you will build momentum and people want to invest. Investors like to invest in momentum. The company's going like this. If I said, hey, Jeff, this company is doing this. They went from 2 million sales down to 1 million. You want to invest? Eh. <laughs> <laughs> no, <Right>? thanks. <laughs> right? Uh, even if you get like a sweetheart deal or like a, some big discount, not exciting. What's exciting? That's exciting. And so when a company is going up in sales, that is exciting. That's one of the first things you would say in a pitch. Like, hey, Dan, we just hit a million dollars in sales. Last month, we were at 600,000. Whoa. Right? I'm in. Yeah. What did it. you do? I love it. Even though you're under my requirement of 2 million, I love it. You went from 600K to a million? That's huge. It's a 50 or 60% increase like that. So like sell more. That's the first thing. Next thing, get all your ducks in order. Get all your ducks in a row. Get, a, get, like, get your house in order, as Sean Whalen says. Like get everything in order that if I want to invest and if Jeff wants to invest and we want to bring in Dave Meltzer and Ed Milet, we're all going to invest. You got to have everything in line for us to be able to invest. Meaning have your business plan done. Have your financials buttoned up. Have your investor documents ready to go. Because what if I say yes, and you don't have your investor documents? <laughs> I'm going to get another couple hundred messages the next month, and I'm going to forget about you. And people say, no offense. No, it's offensive. I want it to be offensive because you messed up. Yeah, you're right? going to learn. Yes. I don't want to be like, oh, no offense. I'm so sorry. I'm not sorry. You came to me for investment, and you don't have investment documents. Why? Why? What if I say yes? And I'm like, oh, I have a group chat. Jeff Enster, Ed Milet, Dave Meltzer. Hey, guys, let's all invest in this thing. And I'm like, oh, shoot. They actually don't have their investor documents. I'll message you guys in a few weeks when they do. Wah, wah, wah. Yeah. 
good luck. Right? You just, you just pop the balloon and the excitement's like, eh, yeah. goes away. So having everything prepared in advance so that when you say, hey, Dan and Jeff, you guys want to invest? Boom, business plan. Boom, financials. Boom, investor documents. All in one email. Just that alone shows us that you're buttoned up, makes you stand out. Any other tips? Sales? Ducks in a row? Um, well, people have to really know their market. I've, it really turns me off mentally when someone says, well, this is a $19 billion market. And if we just capture 1% of the $19 billion, <laughs> that's 190 million sales. Come on, man. Like, yeah. First of all, $19 billion, you're just making up a number. Second of all, nobody's capturing 1%. Third of all, what are you talking about? Like it, it makes it sound, you've heard this happen on Shark Tank often when they're just like, come on, like that isn't studying. What is studying is, hey, our competitor has 42 locations that does 500,000 each, which is $11 million or $20 million. Like telling us the numbers of like the industry, hey, our, our locations are more efficient. We have clothing stores. Our overhead's only this. Like walking me through things that like show that you understand the market, like the details is way better than just saying some like esoteric numbers that you read on Google. So transitioning, because you are the one of the kings of personal brand, and you, whether you realize it or not, are responsible why we're sitting here today, because two years ago, you were in my ear and said, you either start making a personal brand for yourself, or I'm going to kill you. <laughs> uh, I think you said that exactly. And here we are, and I've put a lot of effort into the personal brand. Looks great. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. And um, you're, you're responsible. So good or bad world, blame him. But I think that there's a lot of merit to that. And so as entrepreneurs out there, you're building your company and maybe you felt like I felt, which was, I don't have any desire to be personally known or famous or whatever the terminology is. I don't care. I'm a private guy, but you made it clear to me and you are the only person that ever got me convinced because you said, no, 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 I'm an investor in your company. I need you mm -hmm. to do that because it's going to drive more sales. It's going to build the brand and people need to get to know you. So they're more interested in Everbowl or we build help the audience who's sitting on the sideline right now without the personal brand, but have a company and have a reason. Watch this, guys. People buy from people that they know, like, and trust. You have a personal brand whether you like it or not. You have a decision to make. Let people rumors and gossip about you or you tell your story. And so I break down why you need a personal brand. One, if you don't think you need one, you're wrong. Let me just be really blunt about it. Because even if it's not for you, your kids might need you to help them with a charity thing. Your grandma might need you to help her with leukemia or Alzheimer's situation or if it's like a fancy dinner to help raise money. Your uncle is like opening a new bar. Your friend from high school is launching a book. Someone else is throwing a little business conference. Someone else is doing like a, a cookies and baking meetup and everyone's going to come to the local town. You having 4,000 followers or 20,000 followers is a big deal in your local community. You do not need hundreds of thousands. You don't need millions. You need people in your niche. And if you do that, whether it's for yourself or your family, friends, et cetera, it doesn't go away. We have this line at our agency, we can't undo famous. And so if you build a personal brand up and you get more famous within your niche or your community, that is powerful. It can help with charities, it can help with your friends, it can help with sales, it can help with everything in your world, and it cannot hurt unless you say something crazy or bad or dramatic or political or whatever. Outside of that, having a personal brand is very powerful and useful to you forever. Now, we live in an age of society where it's also free to do it. Obviously, you could spend money to make it go faster, but you can do everything we talk about for free. Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, Twitter, Snapchat, TikTok, Threads. 
free, 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 free. In your pocket right now, or whatever you're watching this podcast on. Show, podcast, yeah. You're either watching on an Android or an iPhone. Congratulations, you have one of the nicest cameras in the history of the world. You already paid for. So you have the nicest camera in your pocket. All the platforms are free, and you're already going to go do stuff with your phone in your pocket, meaning you're already a realtor, you're going to go do real estate. You're already a fitness trainer, a chef, a makeup artist, a hairstylist. Whatever it is that you do, pull your phone out. You already have it with you. And then take that phone and push send on some of these platforms with just basic content about your real life. What you think is boring looks like magic to us. And so you making content about the things that you do with the phone that's already in your pocket, with the platforms that are already free, you have no excuse not to build a personal brand. And that makes a lot of sense, and it convinced me. But I think there's a fear, especially I had one, which is because I'm a private guy, number one, I thought, okay, I'm going to post all this stuff, but if everyone's doing that, it gets drowned out, and I'm just still, it's almost like if no one has one, no one has one, and if everyone's trying, like, how do you stand out and differentiate? And number two, I like to keep some form of privacy. How, do you, how would you answer that if someone asked you, Dan, those two are my biggest concerns? You only have to post about what you want to post about. Don't want to post your kids? Don't post your kids. Don't want to post your dogs? Don't post your dogs. Don't want to post your family on vacation? Don't. There's no requirements to post anything personal that you don't want to. You're at an event, don't feel like posting? You don't have to. It's all completely optional at your leisure whenever you want 24 hours a day. It doesn't have to take away any time from what you do. And you only post the things that you want to showcase. Now, I suggest you showcase when you're traveling or with your pets, etc., for safety reasons, post it after you leave the location. So if you're at a hotel or at a restaurant or somewhere, wait till you're in the car driven away before you post what restaurant or hotel, especially for girls. Make sure you don't post while you're live at a restaurant or a hotel, for example, or a casino, whatever. Um, but you're just showcasing the things that you want to. It's all optional. That's the best part about it. Sometimes business, sometimes your life, sometimes you're at the gym, sometimes you're at basketball. You just post what you want to post about. The difference is if you don't post about it, people are just going to think things about you and have rumors about you and gossip about you and not know the other aspects of your life. By showcasing the other aspects of your life, you build an emotional attachment. And if you build an emotional attachment, you'll have top of mind awareness. So if you get an emotional attachment and you get top of mind awareness, when Jeff says, hey, I'm looking for a fourplex in San Diego. I'm like, oh yeah, Leon Cook, he does real estate. He's in San Diego. Oh, I'm looking for a personal trainer and I'd like her to be in like San Diego or LA. Oh, Casey loves fitness. Maybe she'll do it. Like, I just think about things the second you say the word real estate, personal trainer, author, podcaster. Like, someone says the word acai bowl, what do I think about? Right? Someone, like, you want those key words to happen so that you have that. So, whatever profession you're in or your career, passion, or hobby, someone says the key word about what you do, you want to pop up in their head. So, how would you advise the entrepreneur? small company, trying to grow. They're spending all this effort on personal brand because I think a lot of people are trying and I think they're not doing a great job. Why aren't they doing a great job and what is what are they doing wrong? Okay, that's really easy. It's consistency. It's kind of like what you just said about, well, if everyone's doing it, why should I do it? There is 5.1 million podcasts. That's an actual number. Wow. Less than a few thousand have ever done more than a few dozen episodes. So out of 5.1 million, barely anybody's done 10, 20, 30 episodes. You just really think about that for a second. All of them have the opportunity to do it. It's 
not that expensive when you really think about it. Nobody has to do freaking six-figure facilities like yours. They could do it from a phone. They can do it with one mic and a phone, really, and they, they can skip the mic if they had to. Like they can, anybody can do it. Consistency. The same thing when you talk about social media. If I go look at a business account, most of the time, one post four days ago, one post two weeks ago, one post a month ago, one post two months ago, there's no consistency. And so they're definitely not going to show up in people's feeds or algorithms because they're not there. There's no top of mind awareness. So the biggest thing that people individually and companies are missing out on is just posting once a day, just being out there and posting once a day. By doing that, you'll keep that top of mind awareness. The algorithm will like you more. People will share your content and people will just think about you on a daily basis. But you've done a remarkable job of staying out of the polarizing content, which does drive I mean, it does drive clicks. Sure it does. It's great at attracting a certain aspect of the population. But having been friends with you and watching you for so many years now, I know you tend not to touch religion. You don't touch politics. You don't touch anything that's going to polarize. You're Sweden or Switzerland. Yeah. Maybe both. So here's why. Let's say I like one political party over the other. Let's say it's like Trump and Biden. If I say I like Trump, 50% of my audience agrees with me. Right? They like him too, and 50% of them hates them. The 50% that hate him are never going to switch their minds. If I said, hey, I like Biden, 50% of people are going to say, oh my God, I can't believe you like Biden. And the other 50% be like, oh my God, I love Biden. The people that don't like him are never going to switch, no matter what I say. So I like playing games that I can win. I can't win that game. If we walked in here and I locked the door and I put a Jewish person and a Muslim person, and I said, hey, go, for one hour, you guys just talk it out. Right? And all you got to do is try to convince the other person to switch religions. And I ran that every day for the next 365 days with all 365 different pairs of Jews and Muslims. How many times is someone going to switch from Muslim to Judaism? Zero. Like actually zero. Not once in a while, not once in a blue moon, just zero. Zero. So why am I going to post about those things that I cannot change? And they're not meant to be changed for the most part because people think like, oh, because I believe in this religion, everyone should believe that. Why? Oh, I believe in this president, or I believe in this thing, or I believe in what the conspiracy theory is, or this is what's happening in the media. You are not going to change people's minds. And I know it's hard for people to hear, like, yes, I can, and yes, we do, and people go door knocking to change religions. You are not going to change people's minds. You're not. It's not meant for you to do that either, by the way. And what if you're wrong? What if you're wrong? Well, I see companies do this, and I think it's such a mistake because <laughs> it's the worst. I hate it. There's a hundred people that have money. I want all 100 to want to come to one of my locations or whatever my business is. The second I start carving out a part of the population that doesn't like me for my views, my, my religious views, my political views, they're not going to spend money with me either. Dear companies, this is a PSA. Stop, and I mean stop, forever, ever, 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 no matter how smart you think you are, how cunning or creative, ever, ever, ever posting or making commercials or making a stance about political situations or things in the media. Budweiser lost $9 billion in a week. Target lost almost the same amount of money in a week. These are household name legacy companies that have been around for 100 years. 100 years. Or might go bankrupt. I was in South Carolina, and this was right after the Bud, Budweiser Bud Light issue. And some of the people there were drinking Coors Light, and they were talking about how they don't even like the taste of, of it, course. but they won't drink Bud Light. Yes. And I said, why won't you drink Bud Light? Like, it didn't connect like, oh, to me for a second. Yeah. And then they went on a 10-minute diatribe yeah. about what just happened. And they were like, well, if you don't like it, why don't you find something you do like? And they're like, yeah. And they drank it. So they literally were drinking beer they do not like. Correct. 
because of a decision of a company, regardless of the merits of that decision. And so I think that it's, I've, I've observed that about you and I think it's fascinating. Hey everybody, looking for great insights? Entrepreneur.com's podcast network is the place for you. Check out podcasts like Problem Solvers and Smart Passive Income for smart advice. Hear true stories on how success happens, financial updates on dirty money, deep dives with behind the review, and food trends on restaurant influencers. And don't miss my new show. It's all at entrepreneur.com forward slash listen. Let's start our success journey today. Hey there, it's your host, Jeff Fenster, and I have something very exciting to share with you today. You know, here on the Jeff Fenster Show, we're all about growth, both personally and professionally. Speaking of growth, have you ever heard of Everbull? As the proud founder of Everbull, I can tell you firsthand that we're on a mission to help everyone unevolve, to live actively and eat stuff that's been around forever. Imagine stepping back into a world where everything you eat is fresh, nourishing, and packed with nutrients. At Everbowl, we've got you covered with our wide range of superfood bowls. But it's not just about the food. It's about a community of like-minded individuals who are determined to embrace a vibrant, fulfilling lifestyle. Join us on this journey as we redefine what it means to be healthy and active. So if you're ready to unevolve and be the best version of yourself, head over to everbowl.com and check out our menu. So now moving to my two favorite things you're doing. Number one is Wild Jungle. Yeah, so fun. It's unbelievable fun. For those who don't know, tell us about it. So Wild Jungle is based in Temecula, California. We have 188 animals in growing. Might be more today because there's freaking babies popping out left and right. There's 188 animals from ostriches and zebras and camels and everything in between at our ranch. It's 26 acres and about nine acres dedicated to the animals. So there's a guy named The Real Tarzan. This kid gets over 200 million views per month. Mind-blowing. But he'll get 92 million views, you know, talking to an ostrich at our ranch and then go clean up poop for three hours. Like, he's that guy. Like, he's, he loves animals so much and he'll do whatever he has to do and he doesn't have the ego to, to worry about it. So it's an animal sanctuary. It's not open to the public. Uh, we'll do some private events there. You know, people can do, like, weddings or masterminds at the ranch, but it's not open to the public. You can't come, like, and just show up, so please don't show up. Um, <laughs> we do have security guards there. Uh, but it's essentially, it's a, you know, I lived there and I wanted to build something that was like animal sanctuary slash we built a lake. We have a ATV course. We have our Operation Black Site. People can do like uh, gun training, not real guns. It's airsoft guns. We do gun training there. We do military training there. Uh, so it's just an experience where people can. There's an Everbowl food truck there. there. There's an Everbowl food truck right when you pull in. And so it's a place that I, is my forever home. And so I wanted to make it a place that people could throw their events there. Um, People could come experience it. They, they could bring their children and meet with the animals and like get to be behind the scenes with the animals and hopefully be brave enough to hold a 14-foot snake. What was the inspiration for the animal sanctuary part? Um, my wife. I mean, Casey, she's just obsessed with animals, and so that's how it started is that she's always liked animals, and everywhere we went in the world, she'd like to see animals. And then when I convinced Tarzan to move there, it went from like, hey, let's have some animals to... 188 animals and growing. It's just kind of mind-boggling. And my girlfriend, Naomi Camel, is there. Yes. Naomi Camel is the best name we have on the property. She is the coolest camel. So when you get the opportunity to go to Wild Jungle, make sure you say hi to her and be nice to her. But Habibi gets jealous. I know. That's her boyfriend. But Her real boyfriend. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I'm fighting with him, though. Well, he's 1,400 pounds. Yeah, I know. He's scary. I also, got a, I also got a kiss from a zebra. And I saw a Zorse. One of, there's, I, I saw you post. There's what? There's 18 in the country. 18 in the country. 18 sources. One of them's at Wild Jungle. Yeah, I'm trying to get a second one. 
Not to not to mate, they won't mate, but if if they mate, I'm assuming because it <laughs> takes a horse and a zebra to make a zorse. Yeah, it's Do, not, that, not that simple. Okay. And that's why there's only 18. <laughs> <laughs> Fascinating. And then moving to the most recent thing. Big press release. Oh yeah. That was real big. Okay, so there's a company called Aspire Tour. They get 2,000 to 3,000 people at their events, sold out one or two months in advance, which is crazy. And they'll have like 30,000, 40,000 people at their events this year. Next year combined, we're going to have 80,000 people at our events. And so I basically like bought in plus merged in plus they have like, they have two masterminds. With, they have mastermind for 15K and 25K, 520 members already in the masterminds. So they're getting 1,000 people at live events, 520 people at their masterminds. I have my 100 million mastermind. There's 100 people. I have Elevator Nights, which is free. I have the world's largest toy drive. So you can go to a free event, a $50 to $500 event, a 15K event, a 25K event, a 100K event. Or yeah, there's also the 20K for Operation Black Site. Like there's just so many, we have a full Ascension model from free to 100K. And so it's very exciting to invest with them. They have 85 employees, Andrew Cordell, Eddie Wilson. Andrew sold like 300 million from stages over the years. So he's like an absolute natural up on stage. Eddie Wilson's had over 85 exits, which is hard to even grasp. Like 85 exits? Yes. yes. My, my brain still doesn't know what you just I, said. I, I, I think about it all the time. I, I, I don't know if I... <laughs> I'm going to need you to say the number again, just in case I heard it wrong. 85 exits. Wow. So these guys are fantastic to work with. And when I want to book a celebrity or a talent or a business person or like change things or edit things, they're, we're, we have very good blunt discussions. It's great to work with people like that. Same way I work with you. We can have very open discussions, put all the cards on the table, and everyone uses their experience to adjust. And it's been a great experience working with them. And so we're now doing arena events, like 5,000 to 10,000 person size events. We're doing a 7,000 person one, September 23rd in Salt Lake City, called the Limitless Arena. Um, and then February, we're doing one in LA, et cetera. April back in Utah, like we're throwing these big arena events too. So I'm excited to, December, we have a 5,000 person summit with Kevin Hart. Actually, I've not said that before. Uh, a uh, Jeff anyway. Fenster Show exclusive. <laughs> yes, we have a 5,000-person event in Atlanta with Kevin Hart, um, and we're working on some uh, very household name performers that live in Atlanta to come perform right after Kevin's done on stage. And so I'm excited to interview him for that one. But yeah, like celebrities, athletes, we have A-Rod, Marcus Limonis. Uh, we're working on getting Sarah Blakely, but A-Rod and Marcus Limonis are already booked and confirmed. So it's fun to like have these interesting characters. We just had Barbara Cochran, Kevin O'Leary, um, so all these, all Gary the Vee, Drew Brees. Oh yeah, San Diego. We got Gary Vee, Drew Brees. It's a 2,800 person venue. We already sold 3,100 seats. Standing room only. So we're hoping 10% of people don't show up. <laughs> we turned off the ads already. Two months in advance. So Aspire Tour um, is fascinating. San Diego, Houston, Chicago, New York, all over the country. And we get great guys. Gary Vee, Drew Brees. Hopefully you can come speak in Atlanta. And so it's been a lot of fun and exciting to work with them. I love it because it's just compounding and it's now the top echelon of what you've been doing for so many years. Is this the natural evolution for you in your career? Because where's Dan Fleischman going to be in 10 years? Whew, I have no idea. It's just more of the same is what my plan is. My plan is not to start a bunch of other companies. I want to scale the ones that I have. Cards and Coffee, Everbowl, the agency is the only one I don't want to scale because I don't want clients. But all the other things, I just want to scale what I have, the masterminds, the live events, um, I'm not trying to go start a bunch of other companies. I want to scale what I have. 10 years is an eternity. I don't know where I'm going to be in two years. Okay. Because my goal is do more of the same. Last year and a half, I raised $44 million 
for consumer product companies and food and beverage brands through the elevator syndicate. Now, with this whole merger with Aspire Tour, I'm going to raise money every month. So if I raise four to 10 million bucks a month, times that by 12, add it to the 44 million I already did, I'm talking about 100 million, 200 million investments in the next couple of years. That's really, that's the teach you how to fish thing. Like, that's really compelling to me. And I just want to do that over and over. But if I do that for 10 years, we're talking about a billion or $2 billion of investments, four to 10 million bucks at a time. Yep. Nothing crazy. And I'm like, I'm not trying to change what I'm doing. I just want to do more of the same over and over and over and over and over and over for a long time. So I'm going to use the last few minutes to ask you a few questions that I don't know the answers to. Okay. Okay. On a Sunday. Yeah. In a country you've never been to with Casey. Yeah. Can't work. It's against the rules. Your phone is left in the hotel. Yeah. What does Dan Fleischman do for fun? Go tour. I want to like look around. I want to go see. I like waterfalls. I think they're the most fascinating thing in our freaking planet. And besides aliens. Uh, <laughs> but I want I like waterfalls. So I go search for tourist destinations. It might be hard not having a cell phone, but like exploring would be what I would do. But my hands did get a little cringed up when you said I can't have access to my phone. I know. It, it, I, I know. I know you get the you get a little shaky when you when it, mm -hmm. the battery dies. Yeah. You, you you've got to get it. Yeah. You should be proud. My phone's across the room right now. Forty five minutes with no phone. Thank you. My other question for you is: If you had to donate all of your money to one thing, yeah, what would it be? So, I mean, the main thing to me is is food. If you really think about how easy it is to solve world hunger really simple as you know better than anybody because of how inexpensive the materials are the, the ingredients are at scale when you start really thinking about nuts and seeds things that are non-perishable and how much that would help people in foreign countries and even our own country but let's call it the third world countries for them to survive because most people die from dysentery diarrhea things like that that are basically water and food related and they need covering you know they need shelter water food and shelter is what people need so what I would donate all of my money to, and I'd happy I donate it all today, really, because I'm, I'm gonna just keep making money. So to me, I want to donate it all anyways. Food is the most curable, and so I don't look at things that don't have a true cause and effect. I know that if I bought X amount of food or built X amount of things that can make more food, meaning I could teach them how to sprout, or I could teach them how to build their own little restaurants, or I could help them set up restaurants in these third world countries, whatever, so they can make their own food so that they can scale it forever. Um, that is my legacy. I will do that. I'm going to cure hunger. And it's part of why I'm planting so many seeds uh, in these relationships is that I want to cure hunger because it's such a solvable thing. What does most people think about you that's wrong? That I've done drugs. Never? I've never done drugs in my life. Not one? Well, my birthday party, uh, Wiz Khalifa forced me to smoke weed, and I faked it twice, and then he yelled at me. That's a very big video <laughs> about it. But outside of the one puff I've ever had, no, I've never done a drug in my life. I will never do a drug in my life. And Is I have it, nothing against drugs. I just, I've had a lot of people pass away over it. And so that, you know, I've had 36 people that have passed away. And so that's the first trigger. Second, I know I like it. And so I've seen a lot of people do drugs and I probably enjoy it and I have too much access to it. So knowing myself and an addictive personality, like I want to win at whatever I do, I don't want to ever do drugs. It makes me think about death. And so... Many people think about it or assume it, not because they think I'm like, oh, he looks drugged out. They just seeing my lifestyle and the who your friends were. Yeah, uh, that's a fair assumption. I've just been blunt about the fact that I've never done it and I never will. Have you ever smoked a cigarette? No, absolutely not. Cigar? No, absolutely not. Wow, no. that's an impressive, especially uh, class of Patrick Henry. Yeah, 
And there was a lot died. of smoking. <laughs> well, Ricky, Ricky Williams. He lived with me. Yeah, I know. Like literally lived with me. And I mean, he was the biggest advocate for weed, even when weed was very illegal. Yes. Like before medicinal dispensaries were a thing. Yeah. I mean, he literally gave up his NFL career to it, smoke it, weed. Gave up $8.8 million. Yeah. I mean, you and that was your buddy. Yeah. You were sitting be, on the couch. It was that, ne- it, that's the fascinating thing about society is that we can be friends with people and have different opinions. Yes. See, I would have guessed you and Ricky were smoking weed. I was probably contact high because there was a lot of weed. Um, but he's a legend. You think about it. He broke every college rushing record, like all of them. I think like 40 or 50 records. And in the NFL, he started breaking records left and right. If he would have had a full career, sorry, guys, he would have broke every record a running back could have ever had. I agree. With or without any weed. He was the best. He was the best. <laughs> all right, last question. Yeah. You're on an airplane. Okay. There's no Wi-Fi. Yeah. What do you listen to? Music? I don't know. Music, audiobook. What are you, what are oh, you doing on an airplane yeah, with no I, Wi-Fi? Yeah. I mean, I listen to either podcasts or Drake. I mean, is Drake your favorite? He's just well, Little Wayne's my favorite. Um, but if I'm listening to Little Wayne, I'm like, like trying to rap along or sing along too much. And so with Drake, I'm singing along, but I'm not like waving my hands around like I would be with Little Wayne. Okay, I lied. I have one last question. No problem. Who plays you in your biography? Ooh, interesting. Um, I mean, I would like Leonardo DiCaprio, not because of looks. <laughs> That's we don't look like, like, but just because he's my favorite actor. If you just think about the movies he's portrayed, and like The Wolf of Wall Street, and like all these other things, like he's just such fun characters, and he gets into it for two years, and it'd be fascinating to see him have play, to be play. you. Yeah, it's so cool. All right, Leo, we're gonna do it. On Evolve Studios, we're going to produce the Dan Fleischman story. You guys got $20 million to pay him? Great. Not yet, but we're going to get there. <laughs> Go buy an acai bowl or a few, and we'll get there. Go buy $20 million acai bowls, and we'll lock in Leonardo DiCaprio. Yeah. Well, Dan, I want to thank you for coming on. You're obviously, you're a good friend, good investor. You own stores. You're a badass. You're someone I've always looked up to. Uh, I learned from. I love associating with you. You're as real in real life as you approach, as you appear on online for those who watch you. You're authentic. Um, you're everything that entrepreneurs should try to aspire to be. And so if you're looking to be successful, if you're trying to understand how success happens, we just spent 45 minutes getting and getting not only the tidbits and the tactics, but you're actually seeing how he's done it again and again and again and how he associates with good people. I use the words make friends and have fun. You're a living example of that. So thank you for coming on the Jeff Fenster Show. Fantastic. Happy to be here. Thank you so much for listening. If you're looking to level up your relationship capital game, then take a minute and text the word Jeff to 33777 for a free copy of my Network to Millions playbook. The link will also be provided in the show notes below. See you guys next time.